What is up, guys, and welcome to PBE Family Therapy. My name is Dr. K. And I am Blow Pop, and we are back with a normal episode for the first time in, like... Forever. <laughs> yeah, like a month or something. That's right. We're finally getting you back to your reg regularly scheduled programming. Um, back to our useless banter about the, all things PBE. So we have... Two and a half ish seasons worth of games to, or sorry, two and a half weeks worth of games mm -hmm. in a season to chew through for the majors and the minors to talk about. We obviously mm -hmm. won't be able to or want to go super in depth for everything there, but yep. uh, we'll take a look at our uh, season so far, especially Tosin as he's been making mm -hmm. his major league debut mm -hmm. and only and, stinking most of the time, but not all the time, not all of it, just some of it. Despite the jerseys. <laughs> and we'll also uh, check in on Blow Pop's player, Wallaby Hickams, uh, who has sort of become the um, the main guy for the armadillos. Well. Sort of. Eh. Not with the bat. <laughs> well, defensively. Well, maybe let's put it this way. One of the longest tenured dillos. Yes. I think, I think that is objectively true. I think I might have been yep. the only year three starter. Sure. That makes sense. So, yeah. Anyways, it's been a, it's been a good season thus far. A lot of fun stuff going on. Should we dive into the current major league standings? Okay. Do you want to do this mm -hmm. by division by division by division? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to do like the conference and the conference? Cause I think this mm. is the first time that we've had, standings discussion since the uh, divisional reformatting. Yeah, I think you're correct. I think we did like a quick recap on while we were on with the women of PBE, but not actually uh -huh. in depth talking about it. I think we should talk about it uh, by division and then, okay. then we can talk about the conferences. Sure. As well. But uh, let's start in with the Legends East. The Outer Banks Aviators uh, dominating uh, the, well, at least the bottom two in this uh, division here. So Outer mm -hmm. Banks Aviators are in first, sitting at 50 and 24. Uh, the New York Voyagers, having a fantastic season, are only four games behind at 46 and 28. And then the kind of bottom two uh, in the division, the Surge and the Crabs. Uh, Buffalo Surge is sitting at 29 and 45, and the Lowly Crabs are at 25 and 49. And as it currently stands, if the season ended right now, after these 74, it looks like, games, mm -hmm. uh, I would get all four points in this division for the TPE nice. predictions. Nice. Um, I think probably everybody would get at least two, because almost yep. everybody is going to have OBX1, New York 2. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think the bottom two were conceptually a little more of a coin flip, even yeah. though... The difference between three and four between Buffalo and Providence is the same gap between mm. uh, OBX and New York. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing if people lost points in this division, I would assume it's because they put Buffalo fourth and then Crabs third. Yeah, um, I would think so. But I would imagine that most people had either one and two correct or flipped and then three or four either correct or flipped. Yeah, so... Take take what you want from that, but uh, yeah. And there's also still, you know, what is it, 34 games left? Yeah, there's plenty of time so. left for those first and second and the third and fourth just to flip. the The fact that the surge is 21 games behind, I mean, they're they're out of contention at this point. I think. Well, um, yeah. For but this, I mean, it'd be weird if they were in contention. Yeah. 
just because this is the first year that they've existed. And it would be weird yes. if Providence was in contention because they just retired both of their GMs mm. and have an entirely new front office, I guess, coming yeah. in. That's very true. That's very true. It it would be pretty cool for the surge and spoiler alert looking over to the other side, the sea serpents in their first seasons to not be last in their conference. Uh, although oh. the sea serpents kind of has, you know, it's a little bit of a softball with the Toros also What's in the conference. <laughs> You're welcome, Seattle. Oh, Doing our part. That's right. We do what we can for you. Uh, moving on to Legends West, we've got, this is a very interesting conference indeed, the Boise Raptors currently leading the conference with 39 wins and 35 losses, barely above 500, but in first place. Second place, we have one game behind them, the San Antonio Sloths at 38 and 36. Then in third place, we have the Maui Makos at 33 and 41. And then last place, we have my Vancouver Vandals at 31 and 43. But they are only eight games behind first place in the division. Right. And that's the most uh, surprising thing, in my opinion, about this division compared to, uh, once again, spoiler, the Champions East. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought Champions East was going to be the tightly contested who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But the eight game gap between Vancouver and Boise is pretty handily the smallest yeah. four to one gap out of all four divisions. For There's sure. a 13 game gap in the champions East 25 game gap in legends East that we just talked about. And then once again, thanks to the Cancun Toros, there is a 32 game gap between them and the first place in their division. So I I'm just surprised that a it's in the order. It is, I think mm -hmm. almost everybody probably had San Antonio as yep. number one yep. and so. B that it's as tightly contested as it is. Yeah, and like you pointed out, the gap from one to four is quite quite wide, but even the just the games behind going down, we've got the Raptors obviously in first, Sloths are one behind, Mako six behind, Vandals eight behind. Those numbers in the other divisions are like four, 21, 25, so pretty, pretty wide. Uh, nine, nine, 13, it's the second closest division for sure, but still pretty spread apart. And then the Champions West, uh, 16, 20, and 32. Yeah, the, the gap between the one and the four seed in the Legends West mm -hmm. is smaller than any other gap between one and two, except for OBX in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so super, super close division. It'll be a really fun one to watch, and especially fun just because I'm on one of those teams. Um, yeah. yeah, and this was I think this is another one where, in terms of preseason predictions, there was mm -hmm. a clear choice for number one of San Antonio that is not mm -hmm. currently reflected in the standings, but I would right. be willing to bet that almost everybody put sloths as one yeah. in that division. But then two, three, and four was kind of a you know, a mixed bag. You didn't necessarily have a clear two, and you also didn't necessarily have a clear four. Because very right. often in these divisions, there's like at least one team that is definitely the best hmm. and or at least one team that is definitely the worst. Yeah, for sure. I would I would venture to guess that the general school of thought was Sloths would probably run away with the division. Mm -hmm. I would think Raptors probably would be in second or the Vandals. And then I, I've definitely viewed them, the Makos as that last team, but they're definitely holding their own in the division. I did Vandals, Makos, Raptors as two, three, four, mm. because I thought I heard within the last couple of months, I don't mm -hmm. remember what, but I thought I saw something about Boise 
was in or was coming out of some form of rebuild. So mm. I didn't know where in that process they were or are. So sure. I was just kind of going to put them towards the bottom, expecting them to be soft tanking and getting mm. some draft picks or something like that. Uh, apparently I'm wrong. Well, the just looking at their history, they had a couple of really, really solid years um last year they definitely it was their worst year in since like 2035 so the last like six years they were 47 and 61 um but right now they're on pace for a very good year which makes sense because yeah they're sitting on top of the division uh do you want to talk about our champions east uh we will begin with the strangest anomaly to come out of probably the entire league. And that mm-hmm. will be the Indianapolis apex atop the division. And that's mm-hmm. not the surprising part. The surprising part is the fact that Indy apex are on top of a very close division in terms mm-hmm. of TPE by mm-hmm. nine games. Yeah. India is 48 and 26 Detroit and Nashville are both at 39 and 35, nine games behind Indy. Uh, Detroit apparently has some form of tiebreaker because they are listed above Nashville, unless they just do that alphabetically or something. And then last, we have Sarasota Supernovas at 35 and 39, 13 games behind first. So not a monstrous gap between first and fourth, but it's a strangely large gap between first and second in what everyone was considering the hardest division to predict because there was definitely not a clear objective best team by any stretch of the imagination. And one of the most interesting things looking at this now is that the Indianapolis apex over the last 10 games are three and seven, whereas the demons are eight and two. So that gap has been shrunk like pretty significantly over the last 10 games. Um, So apex was ahead by even more. Yeah, and we were we were surprised when we looked at all of this earlier uh, in the season mm-hmm. because when we ran a bunch of iterations of test seasons, like you did like 400 of them or something, mm-hmm. on average, that conference ended up being like first and fourth were like five or six games apart. Yeah. So yeah. when the season started with Detroit bombing out of the gate, mm-hmm. it was really weird. We weren't expecting anyone to just have that bad of a stretch of luck. But then I said to you something along the lines of if they can have that bad of a stretch of luck, mm-hmm. they, can, they could have that good of a stretch of luck. Right. But, I mean, it's been a weird one to watch just because of the two, three, four clump. Mm-hmm. But Indy pulling away from the division this much has made it less entertaining. Sure. Yeah, it'd be more fun if this division were the, you know, one to four is or eight games apart kind of thing. Um, sort of like our Legends West is currently looking like, but mm-hmm. still an interesting um, division just in, in terms of which ways the teams are surging. Apex, like I said, are three and seven. The other three teams are on a winning streak or uh, uh, they're winning more than 500 over their last 10 games. So we'll see okay. if a shakeup will happen, but nine nine games is a lot to make up over whatever we said, 30-odd games left. Right. I mean, like, looking between Champions East and Legends West, mm-hmm. with those, like, game-behind ratios, mm-hmm. I would expect those to be flipped around. Like, mm. this, to me, this sounds more accurate. Sloths mm-hmm. up nine games over mm. uh, Vandals and Raptors, and then the Vandals and Raptors are up four games over Makos or something. Like, that right. sounds, like, quote, correct to me. Yeah. But yeah. it's uh, 
the opposite. That's right. They flipped. They swapped on me. Yeah, I agree. But I do appreciate the level of shaking it up that's happening here. Even just thinking like a bunch of the um, like test sims I've done for my player. It's like, oh, look at that. The sloths beat the scorpions in the championship. Like how exciting. The same thing that it seems seems like it has happened so many times. So it's fun to see um, like some some real change happening. Yeah, but at the same time, I also do appreciate other divisions like the Champions West that are unfolding exactly as everybody <laughs> predicted with New Orleans 16 games up over Death Valley. Wow. Death Valley up four games over Seattle, which is not as much as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And then Seattle up 12 games over Toros, <laughs> which again, to reiterate, not a math pod here. Yep. That's a 32-game deficit after 74 games <laughs> between the Rougarous and the Toros. Yeah. I mean, the Toros are really succeeding more than anybody else in the league. And by that, of course, I mean succeeding in their mission to tank because um, they are five games. <laughs> they are five games behind the second worst team in the league, which is the Crabs. If they win every single game for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Yep. They will end 500. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, that's the thing with baseball is like if you dig yourself a big enough hole, like you, you're just done. You, you can't go on a 30 game win streak in general, but especially when you're not a good team to begin with. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, this one, this one is obviously also unfolding exactly as I predicted. Mm-hmm. Um. I think as of right now, mm-hmm. I think both the Legends West and the Champions East, mm-hmm. I would get zero points in. Mm. I but think I'm right there with you. All that still leads to if the if the season ended right now mm-hmm. with my predictions, I would get the one point for participating. Yep. I think it's one. Maybe it's two. I think it's one, though. Whatever it is, I get the participation, and then I get eight. So I'm going to call that nine total. Yep. And that's already better than I did the last two years. There you go. So Not too I think I, th- I like the rebalancing of the predictions being easier for the season because the divisions yep. are small, and the predictions for primetime weeks being harder because there's an extra yep. game. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it was a really nice balancing act um, in terms of just balancing out the TPE. Um, so let's also take a look at the wild card. Um, cause this is important. It looks like, uh, if I remember correctly, the first place in each division gets into the playoff. And then we have two wild cards on either side, uh, for both, both conferences. So we have two legends, wild cards and two champions, wild cards. Does that sound correct. Um, yes. Also, I'm not seeing your screen. Oh, well, let's just try and reshare this. How's that? Now I see your screen. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so it, I think it's I think it's four slots for each conference. Mm-hmm. The winner of each division gets in, and then amongst the other six teams, yep. the two best records yep. get in. Yep, absolutely. So right now in the Legends side, we're looking at the Outer Banks Aviators and the Boise Raptors winning their divisions. Uh, and then the two wild cards, not surprisingly here, it's the Voyagers and the Sloths. Right, yeah. And uh, I ended up saying in my predictions for at least an article, mm-hmm. I said something along the lines of, 
I don't think that there are going to be two teams in the Legends West mm-hmm. that could possibly do good enough to both be better than New York. So yep. I think Outer Banks and New York are locks at this point, and I think mm-hmm. they were locks when I wrote it yeah. back when. Um, the order of Boise than San Antonio, like we just talked about, is a bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. but I, I don't see a way that there can be a distribution other than two from each division for this right. conference. Yeah, it's the Legends East being so polarized with two great teams and two not great teams, and then the Legends yeah. West just beating up on each other. Is really yeah, it's hard to. for it's hard for two Legends West teams to be better than New York. Yeah, but it's also hard for two Legends West teams to be worse than Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So as of right now, Voyagers are eight games ahead of the line. The San Antonio Slots are right on the line and the Maui Makos are five games behind San Antonio. So it's possible to have a shakeup um, on that second wild card spot. I would be kind of surprised by it. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, another thing that's interesting is in the <laughs> I just noticed this in mm-hmm. the Legends West. Maybe you already said this if you did. Oops, yeah. I apologize. Uh, there's three teams that are four and six in the last 10 games. And then your Vandals are five and five. So that's right. Not a whole lot of moving and shaking going on in the last 10 games. 500 over the last 10 feeling good, feeling good or something. Uh, Over on the champion side, uh, we've got a far more interesting wild card um, chase here. Wild card race. Um, The demons and the stars are both tied at 39 and 35, and they currently hold the wild card. Um, uh-huh. And they are three games ahead of the Death Valley Scorpions, four games ahead of the Supernovas, seven in front of the Sea Serpents, so they're technically still in it, and then 19 in front of the Cancun Tauros. This one, I actually, in my prediction article, I said the same thing, basically, as mm-hmm. I did for the Legends, where I said, I don't expect there to be three total teams in the champions East that do better than the Scorpions. As of now though, I'm wrong. Right. Right. I was just expecting them to kind of all eat off of each other's plates a little bit, which I guess they have been. I, I think the big surprise is more of just how surprisingly underperforming the Scorpions have been so far. Yeah. I think that if the season were to end today, I think that the biggest surprise would be the fact that three of the East got in and the Death Valley Scorpions were left on the outside looking in. Followed uh, a close second uh, would be the Sloths being in second instead of first place. Yeah. That being said, though, there are a lot of people from Death Valley that have said, um, for example, uh, Simo said something like, he didn't expect them to make the playoffs this year, but then they should mm-hmm. almost be a, a lock next year. So apparently sure. the DVS locker room in some capacity is probably braced for impact for this. Sure. Because I've heard a handful of them express doubt that they might not make the playoffs this year. Sure. I gotcha. And honestly, if you've made the playoffs for like 35 straight years, like what's a year sitting at home on the couch? That sounds nice. It's agony. That's what it oh. is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Sweet. Any other observations on the majors standings? Otherwise, we'll jump to the minors. Sure. Awesome. So looking in on our minor league teams in the West Division, we have the 
Enoch led Kansas City Hepcats, who are mm-hmm. sitting at 50 and 22. Like, fantastic uh, pace they're on. 694 winning uh, percentage. Then we've got uh, two games behind. We have the newly branded California Firehawks. Um, And then 14 games back from the lead is the Anchorage Wheelers. 24 games back from the lead is the Armadillos sitting at 26 and 46. And then last place, we've got the Brew City Bears sitting at 22 and 50, 28 games behind the Hapcats. Yeah, they probably the big standout there is California is closer than they maybe should have been because mm-hmm. in the last 10 games, they've gone on a nine, one win yeah. streak. Um, I mean, Kansas city has also been on a seven, three win streak, but that mm-hmm. seven, three pace almost exactly matches the win percentage they've had for the yeah. season as a whole. So like they kind of should go seven, three in any 10 game mm-hmm. uh, slice that you make. Whereas the Firehawks have been having a, uh, exactly two thirds win rate, which is clean. I like Love that. It. Yep, good. Uh, but going nine and one is obviously ninety percent. So they're they're right. outperforming in the last ten games compared to their season. So yeah, closer than it maybe should be. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a safe bet that everyone was expecting those two to be pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Most people would have said Hepcats, Firehawks, or Firehawks, Hepcats. Either way, um, at the one and two, and then I don't even I don't even know how everyone would order the last three, but it would it would be some iteration of. I think it'd be about how it is, because um, Anchorage lost enough that they couldn't be competitive. Because mm-hmm. they they had a lot of people on their team last year that were like in their fourth year in the minors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Sure. Um. And then Amarillo is doing basically exactly what I thought they would. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point before the season, I said to you, with how many people the Dillos lost, yeah. I was the only cap TPE player at the start of like spring training, at least. Yeah. Um, a bunch of others have hit cap now that we've been in the year for a while. But at the very sure. start of the season, I was the only cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm the only year three player. I don't know for sure about that one, though. Uh, but I I, had a, I remember I said something to you along lines of I don't think that the Dillos will win forty percent, right? Right now they're at thirty six point one. Yep. So, yeah, go me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, awesome! I was right. Unfortunately, that means we're not doing so hot. Right. I was maybe expecting them to actually even be the worst team. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Bruce City. I think Bruce City's had a bad stretch of luck mm. recently. Sure. I mean, if we go by that same line of reasoning that I used for California, they have yeah. a two and eight streak right now, which is twenty yeah. percent. But their season record is thirty point six percent. So I think they've had like a little bit of a slump recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was I was somewhat confident that the Dillas were going to be one of the bottom three teams in the league. Right now, mm-hmm. they're one of the bottom two teams in the league, but they're. Yeah. Not that far behind Kingston for the third to last place, I guess. Right. Um, and speaking of Kingston, big transition. <laughs> Let's talk about the East. Wow. How about that one? That was great programming. Yeah. That was some high quality we, uh, podcasting. We did not come up with a schedule for this week's yeah. episode. <laughs> That's what everyone's been thinking. It's like, wow, they're just super disorganized today. Mm-hmm. I bet you they didn't plan. Correct. Yes, that is absolutely correct. 
<laughs> uh, so if we take a look at the minor league East division, we have the Chicago Kingpins on top at 45 and 27. Louisville Lemurs at 41 and 31. Mm-hmm. State College Swift Steeds in third place, 33 and 39. One game behind them are the Dallas Dynamos at 32 mm-hmm. and 40. And then in last for the East, but in third to last for the league, the Kingston Mounties are 27 and 45. So this is a very tightly packed division compared to the West. You know, the Mm -hmm. gaps between one and five are 18 in the East and 28 in the West. The West has the two best teams and the two worst teams. Mm -hmm. And then the Mm -hmm. other team that they have is exactly 500. Yep. So, yeah, it makes sense. That being said, the Kingpins and the Lemurs are definitely separating themselves um, with the Swift Steeds being eight games behind the Lemurs. Uh, both of those first two have been on a 60% winning um, percentage over the last 10 games, which is pretty close to their season uh, percentage. So they're kind of staying at that same clip. Uh, whereas the Swift Steeds and the Dynamos have definitely fallen off the pace, uh, respectively, with a two and eight for the Swift Seeds and a three and seven for the Dynamos over the last ten games. Yeah, and all that being said, like the the winner of each division is going to make it to the playoffs. So that's going to be the Hepcats out of the West, probably, mm-hmm. or maybe the Firehawks, and then that's going to be the Kingpins out of the East, probably, or maybe the Lemurs. Mm-hmm. But in either case, the top two teams of both divisions are so far apart that they're essentially already locks, especially. Yeah with the fact that the minors postseason is six teams, which right. again, we know is largely a, you know, like inclusive sort of design choice of just like, Hey, yeah. if you're new to the league, there's a decent chance that you're going to make it to the playoffs and the yeah. minors in your first year. So it's cool. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. It is jolly good fun. And it's, it's definitely the kind of thing that like, if we took, um, if we took out the entire factor of we want people to see their players like the re- recruitment uh, retention is probably the better word. If we took retention out of it, I would not be happy with how many teams are in the playoffs. Um, but it it totally makes sense with retention. It's, yeah. it's fun to see your your player play. It's especially fun to see him play in the postseason. Um, so it it all makes sense. It's good. yeah, if it, the the community aspect makes six a good number. Yeah. Um, I think I would agree if it was just like purely based on competition and not making sure that people were having fun getting ingrained in the league, then I would probably just stick with four. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would make sense. Make good sense. Sweet. Well, uh, should we go on to some statistics leaders? Sure. Uh, We'll take a look at the majors first again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have dub city. My, casino co-worker leading the league with average at a 348 clip which is pretty darn high yeah uh but once again one of the patterns that i notice are there's a lot of scorpions players on the leaderboard mm, which, which is very interesting <laughs> yeah like we're used to that they yep. usually do populate the leaderboard yeah but at the same time usually that correlates with winning right now that being said out of the 16 that I can see that you're sharing on your screen. Mm-hmm. There's only two different players. One of them is Andrew Orem, mm-hmm. who has four slots, and one of them is Holden Fart, who has two slots. Mm-hmm. Um, and Orem has been definitely on an MVP pace, or mm-hmm. MVP argument. Yeah, uh, He's got 25 home runs so far, which is on pace to probably hit about 
35 on the year ish. What does it say? 36. 36. Look at that. <laughs> Great math. Uh, 71 RBIs on the year. I don't want to do more math because I have a good, good winning record right now. So I'm just going to stop participating and not be wrong. Unless I pull it up and then you can pretend like you did that all in your head. I'm an honest man, Doc. <laughs> it's 104. On pace for 104. And then he's got two other leading categories with slugging percentage because, you know, he's got those 25 home runs. And then one of the one of the granddaddies of all batting stats, the OPS, where he's hitting 1.08. Yeah. Which is just incredible. Absolutely. There's also at least seven people hitting one dot or better, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. A lot Uh, of power going on right now. But all that being said, uh, he's not leading in war and he's not that close either. Yeah. He's got 4.4, which really good. Oh, yeah. Yep. But Paolo Stefano Jr. has 5.5. Yeah. So last year's MVP, if you're just judging by war, looks to be probably doing it again because he's got yep. a 0.7 lead on anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Having an absolutely fantastic year. Um, yeah, Stefano Jr. is sitting at like a 323 average, 401 OBP, and 618 slug. Has 21 home runs from a shortstop, which is great. Uh, 64 RBI, 72 runs, and then 31 stolen bases. So some speed in there, too. Um, it's kind of a mix of uh, of everything that you want in a shortstop. And I'm assuming good defensive statistics just because they're leading the league in war. Right, and it also makes sense that you're going to have a good season if you're on a great team, you know. Yeah especially for things like fielding. Mm. Uh, you know, if you have better fielders around you, it helps your comparative stats because if you yeah. can't make a play, maybe the other guy on the other side of second base can, and right. that'll kind of save your bacon a little bit. And then even with the bat, the better your team is at batting, the more tired the other pitchers are going to get. Mm-hmm. So not super surprising that the best players are on the best teams because both of them kind of feed into each other. Good yeah. players make teams better. Good teams make players better. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see other things to note. Um, Red Arrow is leading the league in stolen bases by a lot. He has 58 and second place. Beauregard is sitting at 46. Um, so doing a really good job in terms of stealing bases. That one's really surprising to me because of two things. One, he's got the lead by 12, which is proportionally over 20%. Yeah. And two, since I work at the casino and Mm. I handle personal bets, uh, Tom Shue made a bet where he was saying holding a fart will lead the league in steals and anybody could challenge him for that (laughs) for 25 million a piece. (laughs) So I think... I think this oh. uh, that bet might end up costing Shu uh, greatly. He might be bankrupt right. after this season. Okay, so he, he wagered mm-hmm. 220 total million. Holy like, cow. He put down a lot, and I think... I, I don't think that he'll make a profit off of these bets. There are yeah. some that were, like, really obvious, sure. and nobody bit on them, but mm-hmm. then there are others where he, like wagered basically against the field so like this one he said holding a fart would win or would have the most steals i think he said he would have his own player tom shu would have the Mm -hmm. most uh i think the highest slugging percentage is what he said i mean he's Mm. third so like that's not that far off 
it's possible. But there, there are a lot of bets that he made where it's betting against the field, and someone yep. just has to say no, and they're all one to one payouts. So <laughs> it'll yep. be, it'll be interesting to see what the the final tally is for all of yep. those transactions. And it's technically possible for Holden Fart to still get there. They're sitting in fifth. Uh, let's see, fifteen back from Red Arrow leader. So it's it's possible. It's not very probable at this point, though. Yeah, it'll be tall order, but it yeah. is still an order that could be placed. Yeah, and I think one of the most interesting things, perhaps, is that Holden Fart is leading the league in caught stealing. So it's not like they haven't tried enough. He's been caught stealing 22 times, which if you have a better success rate, you could be in the lead. Right, and that's that's honestly like a huge portion of it because Redditor has 15 caught stealings. Mm-hmm. So if you just bring them down to the same caught amount, not caught rate, I guess. Yep. If you bring them down to the same caught amount, holding a fart jumps up to 50, yep. which would only be eight back. Yep. Yeah, so but, that's interesting. And it makes it kind of more fun in terms of just watching the race. It's better to have you know, them attempting near the same number as opposed to like, oh, Red Arrow won because Holden the Fart didn't even really try to steal that often. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he also is displaying his speed in a different category mm-hmm. where Holden the Fart leads yeah. the league in a three-way tie with triples mm-hmm. uh, between DB, who I think is Danny B, and then, yeah. was that, Victor Herrera or something like that? Uh, v Herrera? Yeah, Victor Herrera. After writing my egregiously long article, I think I am handily more familiar with a lot of the names <laughs> in the league. That was one of the things I was thinking as you were writing it, um, was like you were allowing yourself the opportunity to learn far more about all of the players in the league because you have to basically write about all of them to some extent. Yeah, and even even if I didn't like write about a specific player because I mm-hmm. basically didn't really do that at all in the article. I still mm-hmm. had to read and write down every major league player who has spent time on the field. Right. So it's a good way to memorize. It's <laughs> a lot of names that went across my fingertips there. Uh love it. That's fantastic. Uh should we go on to some uh pitching leaders here? Uh sure. Why don't you take this? Because oh. I don't like pitchers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I also, for extra context, uh, like a lot of people in the PBE, Doc and I talked a bit about uh, Yerman Mercedes's 3-0 home run against uh, Williams. Big, big, thick boy Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I agree that managers and pitchers that complain that it's disrespectful to the game are big, soft, whiny babies. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's a it's a old school mindset that just needs to stop. It needs to die off. You know what else is disrespectful to the game? Hmm. Pitching with Williams Astadio. <laughs> I don't know. He's got some nasty movement on that 47 mile an hour Ephus. <laughs> He's got a curve due to gravity. It's got a 12 six that is like probably a four foot drop. Yeah. Yeah, it goes like four feet. It just takes in the air two seconds to do it. Yeah, yeah. But it's still the movement is off the charts. And I haven't seen the spin rate numbers, but I'm sure it is in the hundreds. (laughs) Which is not good. (laughs) Can you imagine if he was throwing knuckle ephuses? I'd I'd pay to watch that. Zero spin rate, 46 mile an hour. (laughs) 
I mean, I think we should probably give them a call and just say, hey, I think you should try this. This is what we want you to spend the off season on. Yes. Not hitting, even though you're good at hitting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, back to PBE pitching, where none of them are weenies that I know of, but it could be wrong. Um, The the immediate thing that jumps out to me is that Tristan Lung, the uh, Sarasota Supernovas, formerly of DVS, am I remembering that correctly? I believe so. Um, Is leading in a lot of different categories. They're leading the tide for the lead in war at 3.8. They're leading the league in strikeouts with 144 leading the league with a .88 whip, which is ridiculous, Um, leading the league in FIP by a fair margin at 1.17, and leading the league in strikeouts with a 17.4. And from what it looks like, um, oh, they've always been a reliever. Never mind. For some reason, I thought he was a starter. No, I think he's just been a good enough reliever for the past three years that we've been in the league that we remember his name and there's a correlation with people whose names you remember and starters because Mm. a lot of people from what i can tell do what you're doing Mm. and start as a reliever sure when they enter the the bigs until you get enough tpe to be an actual starter where you can you know gobble up a bunch of innings yeah um i didn't end up calculating it but like for example uh i'll just give like four random teams. The mm-hmm. average starting pitcher for Sarasota is 12, 16. Mm-hmm. The average reliever is five seventy one. Wow. This is also all of this data was taken back on uh, May 6th for my sure. big old article. Uh, the average sure. Scorpions starter is fourteen thirty two. The average Scorpions reliever is seven thirty four. Wow. The average Crabs starter is eight thirty four. The average Crabs reliever is seven eighteen. The mm-hmm. average We'll do Vandals. The average Vandals starter is 1072, and the average Vandals reliever is 442. So, like, there's just a huge gap in TPE between starters and relievers. So, for someone who does actually make a reliever and wants to be a reliever, Mm. they end up getting good enough. I think we just assume they're a starter because most of the big name pitchers are starters because most people want to make that pivot. Right, right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, for sure. So let's see, uh, speaking of relievers, um, one of the most dominant closers over the last couple of years has been Boise's Matthew Paul, who is doing it again with a 1.72 ERA, uh, to give you reference relative to the rest of the league. That's a 258 ERA plus. He's also my updater. No way. Thanks, Maddie. Shout out to you, Maddie. Um, yeah, absolutely dominant stuff. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. It looks like a fast, or a, a fireball archetype flamethrower. That's the word flamethrower fire lighter thing. Fire and fast, fast thrower. Or something. Jackson five Tito. <laughs> hey, what the hell are you on about? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I hope somebody gets that reference. If you get that reference, hit us up on our Discord. Because I'm doubting anyone will, but who knows. We should also... We should do what I've seen uh, Ems and Madison do a little bit Mm -hmm. and post links to our Discord as we post the the files Mm. on JSync. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do it. Um... 
the second no. way that we will copy women that's, in TV. That's right. <laughs> um, hey, they're doing it. They're doing it right. So anything we can do to uh, to copy it to mooch up. Good. <laughs> All right. That being said, I do want to give one shout out to uh, the leader in the league in complete games by GM Alex Johnson. Um, one of four tied his sh- 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 yeah little very uh unimportant detail um also I mean, sitting getting, third in the league getting for any complete pitch. game is a good thing so it really is it really is so that's super exciting to see there um it's also know, fun like, that it's a j and then beneath him is yeah tj tj which so we the have two, two of them, different johnsons yeah yeah, for sure. The two of them definitely have a healthy rivalry or bordering on unhealthy rivalry from what I've heard. I don't remember which clump of Johnsons because there's like three Johnsons. I think mm. there are two Johnsons on Nashville that are brothers. Mm. I don't think AJ's in that loop. I am no. happy to be corrected, but I think Taylor Johnson, uh, the starting pitcher for Nashville, and Zach Johnson, their center fielder, I think they're brothers. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I dig it. It's always good. All right. You and me, Squidward, we're like brothers, only closer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good time. Should we go on to the uh, the minor leagues leaders, starting with bats? Sure thing. We have your teammate kind of asterisk, not really mm-hmm. anymore because you left. Right. Dallas Dynamo's Andrew Barry, the catcher, oh. leading with average by a lot. Yeah. He's got a 381 batting average. Next best is my future Toro teammate, Vlad Batista, with mm-hmm. 343. Yep. So 343 is really good, and that's getting dwarfed by yep. whatever Andrew Barry is doing. Um, Andrew Barry is also leading on. For uh, leading the league for on base percentage, not super surprising. Those two are yeah. fairly correlated. Yep. Uh, leading in slugging, leading in OPS, which again, <laughs> yeah. if you're leading on base and you're leading slugging, you will probably lead in on base plus slugging, yep. just a guess. Uh, he's also the only person in the minors to be batting, uh, to have an OPS of over one dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got the lead with war as well, 4.7 on the season so far. Yeah. He's also leading hits, but once again, that's uh, probably pretty tightly correlated with yeah. batting average, so that's not super surprising. Let me check my notes. Yes, those are those are correlated from what I can see here. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's important to note that, uh, as we've discussed on the show, war is not uh, super balanced with regards to positions in uh, the PBE, for instance, catcher uh, gets an unhealthy boost for war. So that will probably be a little closer to second places, 4.2. Um, but either way, dominant season from him. It's just a bummer the team isn't doing better around him. Um, but super fun to see him dominating um, that. And then let's see some of the other leaders. Uh, Mike Boss Jr. from the Mounties is leading in home runs. That's not a name I'm super familiar with. Is that a newer player? No, um, he's either a sophomore or a looks like junior junior. Yeah, Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he was definitely the same draft class as us, because I remember writing about him in uh, the mock draft article Mm. that I made. Um, 
I believe he is a big man on campus first baseman, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It looks looks like it just looking at his stat page on OOTP. Um, also looking at his 22 home runs. Yes, exactly. Wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, uh, let's see. Moving over to RBI, leading the league is Brenton Nathan Rembeverwinkle, um, who's got 70, which is impressive. Um, hey, it's fun to see Bad and Bougie on the leaderboard um, for at-bats, which oh, isn't really that great. But at least it's not a bad stat. It could have been, you know, strikeouts. Yeah, it is a it is a better than neutral stat, but it's yeah. a otherwise somewhat ignorable stat. Not by not by much, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then some other like just there, there's so many fun names especially in the minor league. Like I think Brenton Nathan Rimberwinkle is hilarious. Rotor wash with a mustache is funny. Twice as funny. If you know the backstory of that name specifically, yeah. um, retiring rotor wash and yep. not wanting to make a new render. So he yep. just slaps a Groucho Marx sort of stash on top of yep. it. It works well. And then even uh Diamundo, I don't know their first name and it's cut off on here. Yeah. I think it's not, or is it just Nusuma? Oh, okay. Nusuma read a Diamondo. Nusuma read a Diamondo, yep. It's good. Good names for sure. And Diamondo is leading the league in stolen bases with 58, which is pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, some exciting exciting stuff going on in the minor leagues. And I even, uh, I show up on the leaderboard a little bit too. Yeah? Where are you at? Um, oh, no. I clicked the wrong thing. Hold on. Bring it back. Right. Uh, I am tied for third in doubles. Nice. I, 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 that's weird. I think I had like seven or eight last I checked. So I feel like in the last two or three days of the sim, I must have just gotten a bunch of them or something. It's possible. It looks like you've got one, two, three in kind of the last 10 games. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fairly surprising. Yeah. Um, is that the only place that I show up on the leaderboard, or at least a chunk Let's that you can see. see? Probably. From what I, I mean, I, frankly, I should not be on the leaderboard that much. So right. Sacrifice uh, oh, hits. I have. <laughs> Woohoo! Great. <laughs> Better than strikeouts. Um, yeah. Actually, okay. That that I am doing pretty well with strikeouts. I think I'm on pace to do even better than last year. And last year I had a huge improvement nice yeah on pace for 56 that's pretty fantastic but uh sweet let's go on to pitching in the minor leagues um very interesting but not all together surprising we see a lot of hepcats we see a lot of firehawks um and we see a couple of brew city bears as well uh leading the league in era we have starting pitcher glenn or glenn glenn davies I don't know. Kansas City? I'm guessing Glynn, G-L-Y-N. Um, and they're also leading the league in a useless stat, but a stat nonetheless. Pitcher wins with 12 wins. And this one, I mean, minors in general are kind of surprising sometimes because it's such a short rotation that there's mm. going to be people that you don't know before. Sure. But I'm still surprised to see the two like Hallmark flagship stats for pitchers being era and wins even though Mm -hmm. you and i agree wins are kind of whatever right it's surprising to see that be doubled up by one guy that we don't really know right right um the second most shocking thing here is that 
for the minors, starting league rotation is four pitchers. We see all four of the Hepcats pitchers on the leaderboards here. We've got Glenn Davies for those two that we just mentioned. Johnny Toasties is leading the league in war with 2.8. Busta Baxter with perhaps the scariest face render I've ever seen. Um, uh, that's a, he's, he's Anchorage. That's a slightly different blue. Dang it, that really undermines my point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this one, though? The top three pitcher wins are all Hepcats. There you go. See, I'm bringing it all together. Or something. I just feel we also so have, totally uh, derailed. <laughs> so dis- You're welcome. <laughs> we also have uh, Booze Gooser showing up in three stats. Uh, K's per walk mm-hmm. of 3.8. Kind of a kind of a weird stat to me, but like whatever. Yep. Uh, strikeouts per nine with 13.1. Yep. And the gap between him and second is almost a full three. So that's crazy. Uh, uh, and then he's also leading in FIP with 2.1. Once again, with a massive gap between him and the next person. Yep. He's got a 2.1. Second place has a 3.46. Yeah. Pretty wide gap. For sure. Um, so fun to see. Fun to see Jabs doing well. Very exciting. Um, let's see some other players we have. Cantaloupe, uh, Cantaloupe Crocodile leading the league in walks per nine with 1.7, as well as Whip with a 1.09, which is really fantastic. Which I assume means people will say Cantaloupe Crocodile MVP. I would assume so. That happens a lot. All the time. Um, one uh, really interesting leaderboard, Robert Grimes has the league's only shutout. Hmm. And then I find it funny that they list six people who are tied for second with zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it would look weird if there was nothing there, but that's just interesting to me. Actually, now that you say that, I didn't notice that stat looking at the majors. What do the majors shutouts look like? Looks like we've had two uh, by Pozo and Sivert, and then one by Alex Johnson and Justin Ripsbad. Hmm. And then zeros. Yeah, and then a bunch of zeros after that. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Awesome. Well, that is the end of the statistical leaderboard. Should we check in on each of our players? We were were talking before the show that we haven't really... uh, haven't really talked about our players specifically um, a ton this season. Sure. And I can start because I'll be pretty quick uh, because there's not a lot of room for things to change mm-hmm. compared to last season. Because last season, right. depending on what game of the year it was, I was always at about 320 or higher TPE. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a drastically different player in terms of the positional ratings or anything like that. Um, There are a couple of things that I'm on pace to improve, but some of them are relatively unimportant Hmm. because for example, my plate appearances are going to undoubtedly go up, but that's just because I'm batting lead off now. So whatever, who cares? Yeah. My runs are going to go up, but I'm also batting lead off now. So Mm -hmm. they kind of should. Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, I'm on pace to improve in the following stats. 
And by improve, I don't mean the stat goes up. I mean the stat is more desirable. Yeah. I will improve in plate appearances, which don't really matter, runs, hits, doubles by quite a bit. I've already actually beaten last year's double mark mm. by three, which is yeah. kind of fun. Uh, not home runs, not triples, probably not RBIs. But again, mm-hmm. that one I shouldn't really improve on because right. my first, yeah, my first time through the order, there won't ever be someone I can hit home other than myself, and I right. don't really hit home runs. So yeah. whatever. Yep, makes sense. Um, so that one is declining, but it should. Uh, I mean. I am on pace to improve and actually have already improved hmm. walks, which is pretty surprising. Or no, sorry, that's 27, not 37. Hmm. Uh, I'm on pace to heavily improve in strikeouts. My rookie yeah. year, I had 104. Yep. Next year, I had 75. So far, I'm on pace for 56. So that's yeah. crazy. Fantastic. Um, I was caught stealing. That's hilarious. <laughs> I have never. Oh, it's funny. Like, I've invested nothing into speed. I'm gonna invest into speed and stealing once I don't have a 350 cap. I just don't want the sure. opportunity cost of doing it in the minors. Yep. Um. So that this is the first caught stealing I've ever had. Uh. Now my career in the minors, I am three out of four. It's pretty which, good percentage. Yeah, with yeah. a non-existent yeah. sample size, <laughs> and with a speed of 46. Yeah. There you go. Uh, actually, actually, that's a weird thing about OOTP is mm-hmm. like all of my stuff are rounded to even fives just because that's how I like mm-hmm. like it looks nice and it's an easy way to divvy out the 350 cap stuff sure. like my speed is 45 hmm. and my base running is the same stat and my stealing is 40 but for some reason everybody's stuff if you have hypothetically a 40 in one category it's Mm going to display as 41 in like the green bar ratings Hmm. for some inexplicable reason i don't know why it's very interesting poe if you're listening how 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 does this work (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's 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 perfectly fair it happens for literally everybody sure it's just like whatever whatever number you have the displayed value looking at the ratings is X plus one. Hmm. So whatever. Um, but if we go back to the betting stats, we'll just go through my slash line real quick. I'm supposed to have a 262 average, slight mm-hmm. improvement, mm-hmm. a 331 on base, nice improvement, mm-hmm. 383 slugging. That's going down, but that's because mm-hmm. I had a weird amount of home runs last yeah. year. So honestly, I think I, I think it should go down yeah. a little yep. bit. Um, I don't really care about Woba. I don't know what it is. My BABIP is almost identical. It was 276 last year. It's 277 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my WRC Plus mm-hmm. is on pace to improve from 91 to 95. And my OPS Plus is on pace to stay exactly the same from 96 to 96. So being a marginally worse than average batter is something I am absolutely okay with. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm a better than average fielder, mm-hmm. should have to pick one for the most part, especially in the minors. Yep. Um, so, yeah, not not a very exciting stat line or anything. Um, I'm on pace to have a 1.8 WAR, which is 
the exact same as I had last year. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I think it's what's exciting looking at this is your first season did not go well, but it was your rookie season, so that's probably how it should be. Um, but then looking at your second and third season, both have been good seasons, uh, just with like a slightly different flavor. Like you said, last season you definitely overperformed on home runs. If I remember correctly, didn't you have like four homers in the first sim or something? Yeah, that yeah. Was after after day one of the sim file being generated, I was on pace according to the game to have 56 home runs yeah exactly so So that's pretty bonkers so exciting to see that and you're on pace for the same war did you already say that yeah and i mean like i was which is good i was a i was a good player last year if i'm the exact same player this year that's fine i am i'm kind of indifferent on this season for two reasons one Mm -hmm. i can't improve yet sure and two the team is pretty bad because we lost a lot of people to expansion and it's very young again and it's being built up well because LGM and DG like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, It's just for right now, there's not a lot to, there's, there's nothing to look forward to this year and it's almost assuredly my last year. So yeah, eh, whatever that being said, I still am really looking forward to my time in the majors, especially Mm -hmm. when after, the season is over and after I buy equipment, I just mm-hmm. all of a sudden dump 350 points or whatever. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> It'll be fun. I yeah. I am looking forward to that for you. It'll be awesome to just all of a sudden be way better. <laughs> be very good at fielding and be the same at batting. Yeah, pretty much, but well, yeah, way, way better at the fielding. And then get just gunned down by major league pitches. <laughs> um, one one interesting thing worth mentioning. Um, yeah. So you and I said in the charity episode that mm-hmm. like there should be sort of like an era marker in the Hall of Fame because mm. people's stats are just so different and kind of inflated from back then. Mm-hmm. And um, it was mentioned by Poe mm-hmm. in our. Uh, Discord, he was talking about the charity episode because he was mm-hmm. the guy who won one of the uh, auction slots. Yeah. And he mentioned, like, you and I are now joining the majors. Mm-hmm. Or you you have joined, I will be joining, whatever. You and I are roughly in the same window of joining the majors. Mm-hmm. So when we show up, we are all of a sudden a lot worse than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But for seasons like one through five, you never had someone way better than you. Right. If you were a max earner, you never went against a pitcher that had hypothetically 1200 more TPE than you. Yeah. For sure. Or anything like that. So there was like an immediate forced parody back then because Mm. it was impossible for someone else to have drastically larger amounts of stat points. Right. So, so we kind of, you, you and I should, get a little bit dumped on when we show up to the big leagues. Yep. And unfortunately that is happening for Giuseppe Tosin. Um, although I will say I'm really happy with my ERA continuing to drop, which is nice. It definitely started in the double digits again and has slowly descended. Um, so I'm currently sitting at 41 and a third innings pitched off of 29 appearances. I'm sitting at a six, seven, five ERA, which is not great. It's a 65 ERA plus. Um, so, you know, not fun, not great to be doing that poorly, but 
you know, it's just I am a 538 TPE pitcher in a thousand TPE pitcher world. Um, just trying to keep up and do as well as I can for now. But I mean, you're yeah. So you're you're obviously super low TPE compared to the people who have been in the majors for the last eight years or whatever. Right. But you want a real life comparison point of what I would consider to be a control freak with a bad ERA right now. Mm. Got a five point two six ERA. Mm-hmm. Kenta Maeda. There you go. So Yikes. if he can have a slump year like that, you can have a slump year as a rookie. That's true. That's true. But uh, Kenta is also a part of the worst team in Major League Baseball by a fair margin. Yeah, which is very funny. And I get to watch them play tonight because they're coming to Cleveland. Super stoked for you. I really wish we both lived in Cleveland so we could both go to the game together. But I'll I'll come to Minnesota in the summer, I'm sure. And then we can go to Target Field. That'd be a good time. Very good time. Um, so jumping back to, uh, the pitcher who was not a Cy Young candidate, but still stinks this year, uh, Giuseppe Tosin, um, I got my whip below two. So that's nice. My whip is down to 1.96. Uh, but unfortunately my FIP has gone way up. Um, my two years in the minors, I had a 3.97 and a 4.05 FIP. And that number has skyrocketed to a 637. Um, so for the early part of Tosin's career, well, at least last year as a starter, my ERA was kind of inflated at a 522 because my FIP was only a 4.05. But uh, the FIP has caught up. So I am not only pitching poorly in all situations, but pitching poorly in terms of the three true outcomes. Right. And as a nice little, um, I don't know, feel good factoid, mm-hmm. you are currently, or at least as of May 6th, when I made mm-hmm. my humongoloid article, mm-hmm. At the time, you were your team's third highest TPE relief pitcher Mm -hmm. as a rookie. Mm. And more importantly, out of all third highest relievers in the league, Mm -hmm. you were ninth. Yes, that's bottom half, but this is your first year. Yeah. So like you're you're in the in you're right in the middle of where you should be. Yeah. And uh, I think you and I also saw that you were probably out earning Homura Fuji by a decent clip. So at some point you'll eclipse him and become the second reliever or they'll maybe just shuffle you up to a starter. Right. And I'm guessing I'll get moved to starter next year, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. It depends on what else we have in the rotation. Um, so uh, luckily I don't have to decide that cause I am not the GM. <laughs> Have fun with that, AJ. Um, looking at some of my other stats here, my BABIP uh, has gone down to 336 uh, from last year's 362. Uh, my home run per nine has gone way up to a 1.5. And unfortunately, my walks per nine has gone way up as well um, from a uh, 2.2 that led the minors last year to a 5.9 which is bummer, and it's also a bummer to have a lower strikeout per nine than walk per nine. Uh, my strikeout per nine is 5.2, so not fantastic. All things said and done, though, I mean, you're a 500 and something, whatever it is at this mm-hmm. point, TPE pitcher in the majors where the average batter probably has like between 1,000 and 1,200-ish, yeah. I'm guesstimating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, 
you're clicking along at a 65 ERA plus, which yeah. is, I mean, not good, obviously, but right. pretty tolerable. Yeah, all things considered, not too shabby. And it's kind of fun. I have five wins, which again is pointless, but it's like, hey, look at that. The My team happened to score the winning run when I was on the <laughs> yeah. on the bench after I had just, or before I had just thrown. Anyway. Yeah, as of right now, you have a winning record. That's right. I'm five and three currently. I also have two saves, which is kind of nice. So I'll take it. Looks like they don't keep track of holds. Yeah, or at least at I don't least have here. that. Yeah, I don't have that up at least, but yeah. not too shabby. I would love to see my strikeout rates uh, surpass my walk rate. I currently have 27 walks and 24 strikeouts, which is not great. So um, we'll see kind of what happens. It It's very interesting watching how the sim has treated Tosin pretty much my whole career, um, but especially as a reliever, it's like I'll have... I'll have several games where it's like two innings, a couple of hits and no runs. Um, and then out of nowhere, I'll have the nightmare like 0.1 innings, three hits and four runs given up. Um, yeah. Just kind of out of nowhere, sort of. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that levels out as my uh, career continues, if we'll get more and more consistency uh, or if it will continue having troubles with kind of those odd on uh, odd uh, really bad games. Like for instance, in the last Sim, the Vandals lost to the sloths 24 to zero. Um, and I did not get the loss there, but uh, I did pitch for 0.1 innings and I did give up three hits and four runs um, four of them earned. So yeah, not good. Very yeah. bad in fact, but, but again, you're not supposed to be good right now. Right. Exactly. Paying my dues and we'll get to, yeah. we'll, we'll get good eventually. You are taking your lumps before you are going to eventually dole out lumps. Yep. Exactly. So we'll see. It has been very fun being in the majors. I dig being on the Vandals and being able to keep a closer eye on all of the, all things major leagues, which has been quite entertaining. So um, I'm excited for you to join the major leagues, presumably next year so that we can both be up in the majors. Yeah. I, I think that's, the timetable i have not had that officially confirmed but um next year should be the year that i get called up along with probably just everybody else in my draft class um mm -hmm. our draft class right uh i also think that that would be the second to last year on the contract that i currently have mm -hmm. so i think season 27 i will still be a toro mm-hmm and then season 28 onward, I would need a new contract. Um, as I've said before, and as uh, Poe has said to me, mm -hmm. or uh, acknowledged, I'm looking forward to writing a contract <laughs> and negotiating, not to get a lot of money, but to just be super annoying about it. There you go. I'm I just sure have like are looking forward to it. six or seven different clauses and stuff like that. <laughs> not be like fiscally punishing. Yeah. But just be a headache. There you go. I'm sure they are looking forward to dealing with that. <laughs> Honestly, they probably are. Yeah, it'll be fun. Comedic, hopefully. Entertaining. Yeah. But not, like you said, not punishing. It's not like you want to hamper the team with how much money they have to pay you. No, no. I mean, like, I'm almost assuredly going to 
go close to the minimum and then have a bunch of clauses where I will get bonuses if certain things happen and just like <laughs> a lot of little itty bitty things. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know if they'll would the GMs have to deal with that or would a banker have to like track all that? I don't know. I don't know. Either. That's part of why I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> just to see what happens. And who hits <laughs> yeah, just you? like which cogs in the machine have to spin for this to work. <laughs> Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be very entertaining. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's all just for that, like, it's for a bit. Yeah. Because you and I don't need the money. Right. Right. You and I, you, you're already over a hundred. Yep. I'm under a hundred because I have also gambled 40 million in the casino and spent 30 something on the stock market stuff. So, We'll see what happens there. I did do some number crunching, and I think over the next two and a half seasons that are remaining, whatever it is, uh, I should be getting back something along the lines of like 20 to 25 million more from uh, the casino payouts as they come out. And then from gambling, I should, I'm, I'm guaranteed to get back between zero. And $80 million because I have four different $10 million bets. And each one of those is just a random coin flip. For example, one of them was something along the lines of like the Kansas City Hepcats will allow an even number of home runs or something like that. So they're all nothing. They're all garbage. But on average, I should get back $40 million, but it could swing as low as zero or as high as 80 million. And because of that, I have effectively a bank account right now, kind of in the future of between about 120 million and 200 million. So I'm looking forward to eventually getting near the podium of money. I think that's pretty doable, especially if I have more instances where I, you know, crank out hypothetically another 22,000 word article and get oodles and noodles of cash for it or something like that both oodles and noodles yeah yeah so yeah the the money part of the contract not important because right. i have probably on average effectively 160 million dollars right now for sure coolio well uh i don't have anything else to talk about you have anything else you want to talk about before we end this um m sent me the the box that has mm -hmm. my my felt mascot plushy thing mm -hmm. uh, it's very cute i have posted a picture of it in the toros locker room because it's the toros mascot Naturally. i've posted a picture of it in our uh discord already and i've posted it in the women in pbe discord already so if you want to take a look at it uh go for it it's pretty big too it's like uh it's eight inches across maybe 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 more it's yeah. like I guess it kind of depends on which direction the head flops, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's like a one foot by eight inches by like four inches thick or something. Sure. Nice. Cool. And it came with a bunch of Australian snacks that I have not tried out yet. So super fun. Uh, that'll be, that'll be neat. Cool. Alrighty. Well, I have to head out. So thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate all you listening. Yeah, it's nice to be back with you folk for a normal episode. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've kind of missed it. 
Although it was fun doing the charity one, and it was also very fun being a guest for the women at PPE. So totally agree. But nice to get back into our routine. So thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.